We live during an extraordinary time for building muscle. What started out over 100 years ago as a theatrical curiosity has grown to become a sport and art form that has millions of people pumping iron all around the world. Let's grow big together. The podcast that starts off wearing a hoodie, then takes it off to reveal the pump muscle hiding underneath. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. Today, my coach, Matt Clausen, powerlifting and bodybuilding legend, joins us to look back on winning the silver in Classic Physique Master's Division at the MPC Mid-American Winter Classic. The contest that had a jacked-up Santa mascot warning us, winter is coming. Plus, the enhanced games are coming, an Olympic-style competition where performance-enhancing drugs are not only permitted, but encouraged. The evolution of bodybuilding categories and controversy over the new men's wellness winner, Brazilian non-binary bodybuilder San Moraes. And all your questions that will even make an abductor machine blush. Let's grow big together. And all the fabulous podcasts made by Feast of Fun are made possible because of legendary listeners just like you. For an ad-free experience, access our full catalog of over 3,000 shows on our website, feastoffun.com slash plus, or follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feastoffun. Need help with your bodybuilding? Hire me to consult with you to get to the next level. Message me, Fausto Fernos, directly on Instagram, and for 99 bucks, I'll talk to you one-on-one -on, -one on the phone and answer every question, every single question your heart desires. How, Darien? We won again. This is good. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies. See them driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of the women. That is good. That is good. Arnold. <laughs> uh, our guest today is my coach, Matt Clausen, who trains here in Chicago. As a powerlifter, Matt Clausen is highly regarded as a four-time national powerlifting champion. And as a bodybuilder, Matt Clausen has won five major championships, including in the 2005 NPC East Coast Classic, and guided over 75 clients to get stage ready for their own contests. And now add me to that pile of trophies and medals. Uh, together with my other coach, my husband, Mark Felian, we won the silver medal in Classic Physique Master's Division at the NPC Mid-American Winter Classic 2023. That for you guys, that's a big word salad. That is the silver for the silver daddies. Mm -hmm. A contest that has a jacked up Santa mascot warning us, winter is coming. <laughs> uh, and boy, did it ever come. Uh, welcome back to Let's Grow Big Together, Matt Clausen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Good, good to be back good, once again. Good to have you. Yeah. yeah and yeah, happy yeah. birthday. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. You're turning uh, now 21. Yeah, 21, finally, <laughs> I can drink. That was fun, Yay. that was interesting for and the first vote, time. Too. I can vote, yeah. And you can die for your country. Yeah, oh yeah, great. Do, do you mind telling how old you are? Or? Yeah, I'm 38. Oh wow, that's a good age to be. Yeah, 38. Still got lots of gains ahead of you. I feel good, yeah, I feel, yeah. you know, I feel healthy, so I am healthy, and 38's uh, the new 28. And I want to thank you again for being my coach and getting me to that milestone 
for the silver medal at the NPC. Should have been gold. Just kidding. <laughs> I sound like Trump. Yeah. You're almost gold. there. I was so close, you know, and everybody backstage was telling me, you will not get anything. You will, you know, this is your, it's first your first contest. time, right? Yeah. And that's, that's common, you know, for a show you yeah. go out, you just, you go up there and it's just the, for the experience. You don't win any medal and getting second place is a huge accomplishment. And what, why is it, is it because you, you're not good with your posing or is it your muscle definition isn't what they want to see? Or is that is combination, combination, yeah. combination? I mean, usually the first show, it's hard to get that muscle definition mm-hmm. and all the detail and striations out. Sometimes that just comes with time and muscle maturity and doing the whole process a few times. Fuss has got like 30 um, some years on it. Yeah, yeah. So he, <laughs> he I've been a little lifting weights in, uh, since I was in eighth grade in high school. Yeah. You know, it's been my lifelong ambition to get there. And really, it was with your coaching that and Mark that got me to that place. Yeah, like a culmination of, yeah. uh, of a lot of different things all coming together at once. Um, that's what a competition is. It's cool because it's, yeah, it's just you on stage and you're posing, but. What people don't see is all the the hard work that goes behind it, and and the the people who are involved that aren't on stage, the 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 spouses and the partners that have to be there for the person. So you see one person on stage, but with every one person or good competitor, there's a whole team of people behind them that are helping them out. It takes a village. It takes. It really does. It takes a village, and uh, it's it, it is an individual sport, but at the same time, it's 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 not because it's so gonna, it's going to take a co- uh-huh. coaches and friends and partners to to make it all happen so when uh caitlin jenner says i did it all by myself she's lying <laughs> yeah come on <laughs> she did that surgery herself yeah <laughs> she just she, like because and, and yeah and you know when i was like getting ready for this and and i and i felt like there were times where i was just like you know i'm having like personal problems i'm having members that are sick i was doing with cancer this past summer mm-hmm. i had another cancer scare <laughs> during the thing and it was just like it was it was just there were so many obstacles on that road and many times i was just like you know maybe now's not the time to do this and mark is the one who said you know you've really wanted to do this and this is uh, the the opportunity of a lifetime to get there, and we did it. Better know? to do it while you're in your lower 50s than in your later yeah. 50s. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get you easier, know? right? So now the question, and I didn't realize this, that the gold and the silver medal people qualify for a pro card. Yes, so you're, yeah, a gold, silver, first or second, you are then qualified to go to a national level show, okay. which there's only uh, a limited number of them every year throughout the country. And then, yeah, you could go there and then you would compete for your pro card. And that would be the highest amateur bodybuilding show you could do wow. before you turn professional. And what, is a, what does a pro card get you? Like a free uh, scoop of ice cream? At, yeah. Like, on <laughs> a, pat, a pat on the back. A nice card. <laughs> so there's a nice plastic card that they send you. 10% off at Avis car rentals. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously you get the chance yeah. to, to compete professionally. So the shows oh, you wow. enter into are for money. So there's prize money involved. Um, and what's that like for the 50 and older crowd? There's other yeah, people up there. There are. Stage? Yeah. Yeah. You got the masters Olympia. Okay. Yeah. You have some bigger shows. Um, you know, I, I, the prize money's not like it is for like the open guys mm. or the, um, you know, the physique, the open physique guys, but the huge and freakies. Yeah. But I mean, there's still a chance to make a little money. 
But um, there's actual money. Like, like what's an example of a prize? Like five dollars? Uh, yeah, no, I don't. You know, for a like thousand? a top, yeah. I'd have to look to see what the masters like. Well, you've heard of something. Oh yeah, they're yeah. definitely. I mean, you're an IFBB pro. These shows are, you know, there's prize money involved. You're professional. So, but I, like, I was looking at like what uh, someone like Chris Bumstead wins. Oh, I mean, what he gets paid for an appearance, and it's there's no contest. Yeah, there, I mean, you know? the big shows. I think they yeah. make you know. What four hundred thousand? I think for the big, big shows, Olympia, um, it's got to be around that for the um, Arnold as well. But for so, you know the Silver Daddies, it's it's going to be something in the thousands. Not yes, maybe. for like these smaller yeah. shows, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not talking huge money, but it's glory. It's the glory. I mean, yeah. Just yeah. like it, people are always asking, glory. like, do I get paid for this? And I'm like, you're doing it for the glory, glory. And this is the thing, like, you know, what's the matter with kids today? I think we as a society in the world has lost the appetite to do things for the capital G glory. Yeah. They don't understand just what have that a hobby. means. Just to have yeah. a hobby, you know? Yeah. Well, but for the excitement, for. for the thrill of it, you know? Just for the thrill of there, it. Diet Coke, you know? There were people I never so, understood where they would look yeah. at even what I was doing, bodybuilding, powerlifting. And the first question was, oh, how much are you getting paid to do it? And it was just like, why would you? I mean, I'm passionate about what I'm doing. It doesn't People ask even, that about podcasting. Sometimes. Yeah, it's like just how much they literally say, How much money do you make podcasting? Yeah, it's like, would you ask anybody else how much money they make? Or is that the first? Well, I mean, I guess that's just your mindset. It, but it, I think it's also a kind of in some ways, it's a way to kind of delegitimize yes. it in their mind, right? They're just like, Well, if you're not getting paid for it, where is the value? Because mm-hmm. they don't understand life has value beyond money 100%. And well, you know, it's sad as every time you, you know, I have. <laughs> <laughs> you're like someone says to you like you're so big and it's like yeah every time I have, I have sex with your mama and she gives me a burger <laughs> uh. <laughs> that's the old joke but you know it, like people have a really hard time understanding that there are other th- motivations other than just monetary mm-hmm. and part of that is coming because we just live in a world where there's so much inequality and the cost of living keeps going up where our st- wages stay very stagnant you know and so if people don't know how to hustle and or can't hustle and can't be resourceful, it's it's really terrifying. To be. Yeah, it's hard, but I think yeah. everybody needs to have that outlet and that hobby. You know, we're not mm-hmm. machines. We can't just, you know, work, 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 not pay yet. the bills and just sleep. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to have that outlet. You got to have something that's that's fun to do. And working out, at least, it's one of those hobbies where it doesn't necessarily cost a ton of money. Yeah, competing, you have some costs, but going to the gym and eating healthy, it's you know, it's a great hobby and yeah. How many Something to get you, get, get you and an out, a great outlet. Can I do on a weekend <laughs> and still be a professional body? Uh, you, we'll see like five, you know, five lines would be absolute max. Mike Metzner. Pre-workout. Yeah. Pre-workout. Was he, only. was he doing like hard drugs when he was competing against Arnold Schwarzenegger and Chris Columba and pumping iron? Uh, you know, I don't know. The, but I mean, the meth came later or what? I think the meth was later after because oh, there was a lot of stories yeah. about him afterwards. Yeah, where he just kind of like his slow downfall and mm-hmm. then the drugs and the <laughs> van down by the river. He lived in a van by the a, river. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a van outside parked outside the yeah. gym. Yeah. Yeah. I think he never got over, Mike Menser, this is the losing to Arnold. He, he lost he to really Arnold. He really thought he was going to beat Arnold in the documentary Pumping Iron. He thought the year that Arnold came back, he prepared like six months for it. This is Arnold did because he was done with bodybuilding at the time. And Mike Metzer thought he was going to win. And a lot of people said, you know, he should have won. He looked better than Arnold did that year because Arnold just didn't have the time to prepare like he normally did. And after that, it was 
Why did you know, Arnold win? Was it the personality? Yeah, the personality, who he was. He was an up-and-coming star. And, yeah, that's how a lot of the competitors there felt about it at the time, that they were kind of rolling out the red carpet for him. Mm-hmm. You know, the show was just kind of handed to him. And Metzer did not take it very mm-hmm. well, you know. So do you think, like, the judges of any bodybuilding contest take into consideration the personality, the social media presence of the people that are on the stage? I think so. Really? I, I, I don't think it's, like, going to yeah. make a difference from first to fifth place. But yeah. if you're jockeying for a position at a big show between third and fourth, you know, like that, yeah, sometimes the guy who has the sponsorships is more known. You may get the nod over the, the guy who isn't known. Because, you know, a lot of people were saying, like— And we're not even yeah, saying it's, like, a yeah. you know, they're out to get people or it's a conspiracy. It's just— when you see someone's face and they're known and they're around and they're on advertisements, sometimes it's just you uh, kind of trust it more. It's in you just way. in your in your yes, you have this gut instinct. Well, it's oh, okay. Everyone likes him. Maybe you know we're gonna give him the nod. Well, it's not like they're going on the stage and measuring no, body parts no. and doing like a scientific formula. They're sort of reacting as judges to what they see on the stage and trying to be as neutral as possible. But they are human beings and they are being influenced by the ecosystem. Yeah, that that's that's around in. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think if you look at a lot of these big shows, I think they're really are well run. Yeah. And the judging they get, they get pretty good. Is it they're, like, they're pretty is it good. like calves? You say calves don't really count, but in some ways they really do. They could. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they, they don't, but usually they don't, right? But if, if you got everyone, if everyone's equal, then well, yeah. uh, like maybe they will get down to the calves. That's kind of but. what I feel like I noticed with Fausto's competition was like the yeah. difference between the person who came in first and the person that came in second. You know, their upper bodies. They all look pretty good to me, you know what I mean? But you could really definitely see and notice between the legs. Yeah. At least, you know, between the the, the butt and the quads and all those mm-hmm. kinds of things. The definition, the striation, stuff like that. It really felt like that. And it inspired me to just really just, I'm like, I need to focus on my legs more. Well, well, part of it, too, is like, you know, I was thinking about uh, Sam, who who did really well. He was, I forget, sorry, Sam. He was a younger uh, guy who was taller, and he was in uh, the novice category B. And... I, but as of this recording, I just realized I actually placed eighth in the, uh, in the open, in the open B yeah. against Sam and all these other young guys. And yeah. I was just like, I was so shocked. You were up like there. How many people were in 32. Yeah. You were eight out of 32 eight out of 32. Eight, 16, 23. So it's like, yeah, you're in the first That's, quarter like, of there's guys. No. And that the 25%. I, want, I demand a recount against <laughs> me. There's no way that I was better than uh, half of those people. But you know, bodybuilding, yeah. so much of it is like your structure, yeah. how you're put together your limbs where they muscles insert and you have good, you have good structure. Like you, are you saying I have good genetics now is what you're saying? Yeah, you do. You've good. I mean, you know, you have, everybody said I've always had bad. Genetics, I don't think you have. And now that I want something, now they uh, say good genetics. I, you know, like I think, Elaine, yeah, I, I think yeah. you have like, you know, good insertions, muscle yeah. insertions, good body parts that are showy. And in the sense of a bodybuilding show. Yeah. And you have a small skeletal, yeah. But you have a lot of muscle on that skeleton. Yeah. I don't know. It's like sometimes so much of it, yeah. like you have a yeah. small, like you don't have a big waist. Where it's like if, if someone's yeah. got a big waist, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can really do. It's like you're not going to get that V as much. Right? Yeah, you could try to get as big as you can in the shoulders, but again, that's limited too. So it was really refreshing to be judged by heterosexual people as opposed to gay people. <laughs> I don't think was they were it, all uh, heterosexual. Yeah, there might be some <laughs> switch hitters in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of interesting. Like, we're all backstage and we kind of, it, it was an environment kind of like when you go, you've heard of like women going to the bathroom. 
at clubs and, and they're, they're like, all talking in there. You're so pretty. I love your hair. It's so nice. Oh my God. I wish I, I wish I had a hair. Like, I, I wish I had a nose like yours. Your breasts are so beautiful, you know? And I had about 20 allegedly heterosexual guys. You can put that on the table. It's going to fall over. Yeah. I had 20 <laughs> heterosexual guys talking about my pecs, my titties. <laughs> right. <laughs> And they're all like, you got great pecs, man. What do you do for them? Like, are you hitting on me? And I was like, this is my number. This is my hotel room. You want to see them in a bra? <laughs> and I was like, well, my sisters have nice breasts, too. So, you know, it's, it is a little genetic. But it's also I have a really good coach. And, and, you know, one thing that I think helped me stand above the crowd, I think, is your emphasis on posing. And, and I always tell this to everybody who's trying to be a bodybuilder, even if you're not doing a contest, learning the poses is fun, but it also gets your training to be more impactful. So when you're doing a, a flies, you're sort of like in between sets and you notice this behavior in a lot of competitors, you know, they are always flexing in between sets to, to sort of like keep that mind muscle connection going. Yeah, it's it's so important that mind muscle connection, like you're talking about, and when you can hone that in through your posing and learning how the body moves and how to present it correctly, like you were saying, it translates over into your training. Where now you're doing a curl, um, you're doing a back exercise, a lat pull down, you're doing a chest press, and now you're feeling every fiber work, and you're feeling you know all those muscles move the way they should, and like you're saying, it goes back to the uh, the posing just another level of that mind muscle connection and you see people when they get on stage and it's not there's good posers there's good presenters and then there's just uh, people who just look awkward and uncomfortable and that's a big thing i know for you you were great at i'm sure you i was so happy to be well you have you you have a presentation on stage it seems like i mean i'm sure you've been on i know you've been on stages before so it's like you're comfortable not not the first time i've been naked (laughs) well you're you're you know you have that you have that comfortableness on stage where some people they're like they don't want to be being on stage in front of even if you're not speaking it can be terrifying. It can be terrifying. People. It's a huge, uh, yeah, everyone, like a lot of people are scared of it. And then you can just see that deer in the headlights mm-hmm. look that well, they have. And it's like, oh, it's just so. And Fausto had that determined kind of thing. Yeah. And he was smart, too. He's like, he showed me a picture. He's like, you see this photo? I held this pose. I, I only had a minute up there, but I hold held this pose for 10 seconds because I wanted to make sure that photographer got this picture. You know, because otherwise, I, if I didn't hold it, I might have missed it. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a tip for people who are doing yeah. the first contest. If you're doing a posing routine and you paid a photographer to take pictures of you, your first two seconds or basically your first two poses is going to be what's going to be photographed. Mm-hmm. So if you know you look great in a double biceps or uh, Arnold pose or whatever it is, you know, do those poses first because those will be the photos you have. Oh, because they stopped taking photos after a while? He like, put down his camera after three seconds. And I was like, man, I paid 150 bucks for these photos and all I got is two seconds of it. I was like, you could just run the roll. You know, it's digital. Like, come on. Film it and do a cut. Yeah, you know, I was like, what? but it, but it was, I was really happy with the photos that I did get out of it, you yeah. know, and it's, and it, and to me, it was just like, it's, it's, you know, you can debate about your body. And I think part of us, and I want to get into this in a minute with you. is like, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Bumstead was posting this a while back. And he says that a, the reason a lot of bodybuilders wear hoodies while they're training and up to the minute of the contest, because they're trying to talk themselves out of how good they look. 
And they almost internalize this like negativity to put gas on the pedal. And I don't know if like that's a healthy or an effective training technique is thinking you look like shit. Yeah. I think everyone's different. I think everyone's motivation comes from a, a different point. You know, some people can do that, uh, you know, kind of like emotional alchemy where it's like they take that negative emotion and then can turn it into like that positive fuel where other people, they, I don't just don't think they have that kind of like mindset where it's like, they just want be positive and I'll be positive. Well, I, <laughs> you know, was, and, we're, and that's what I like. <laughs> I used to think about this differently, but I watched this Instagram video from this this girl. And, you know, you see these guys, they wear the pump cover at the gym, da-da-da, they're wearing it. And I always assume you're wearing it because you, you want to get warmed up, you want to get those muscles relaxed, that kind of thing, before you take it off. And she's just like, no, they they wear this because their muscles are deflated and they don't want to take it off until they look big and pumped. And I was just like, oh, that's why it's such a great reveal when they do that. That's why I always did it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I could feel the pump come out. I'm like, all right, now, all right, now, now I, it's time. Now it's I like, can show the werewolf exactly, comes out. Exactly. Well, the you beast. do that when we train together. Uh, sometimes you're wearing a hoodie. Yeah, I, was usually, I usually start with a hoodie and then and then I'll take it off. Yeah, once I feel like. And do you feel more, like uh, people look at you and go, poor Matt. He was so big once. <laughs> I was just looking at him. He's like a deflated tire. Yeah, just I, side I, of the road. Oh, wait you know, a second. I, He's so big now. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I always see myself and I'm just like, yeah, you know, I think I look at myself realistically. You know what I mean? So I guess I just got to take everyone else's word for it. They say I'm still big. So Shay Manchak <laughs> uh, uh, on the podcast, she said this. It was such a, a important thing. Um, bodybuilding is the sport and the art of illusion, yeah. like magic in a sense of making yourself look better than you actually do. Yeah. And it's like, you know, even the distance that you when you're posing the distance where your body is from the viewer can make the, make it look bigger and smaller. And to me, I'm just like, I'm like, I love that idea because it's, it's like, well, then if you feel bad about your body, you still have a good body. You know, if mm -hmm. you, you don't have to feel good about your body to be good at this. Yeah. And, and I really love that because some, some, you know, as Americans, we just have those internalized, complicated, negative feelings and let's be frank, folks, abs are overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, we have unrealistic yeah. body, you know, issues. body issues. It's just not, it's great. I mean, I, I've worked my whole life to get to get to here to be able to, you know, I have a six pack most of the year and it's not an issue, but it's not easy, you know. So How do you maintain it, a six pack most of the year? Uh, you know, through year, I think just building, I mean, one was building all the muscle mm -hmm. up to it this. Just eat, it, it just takes in anything fatty. Yeah. And I would definitely throughout my twenties, I was not a guy who could, who would walk around lean. I looked puffy and big mm. and, but I built all that muscle up and now it's, I can maintain it and keep my calories pretty low basically. So but you don't like see a girl scout cookie table and you're like, I'll take five boxes. <laughs> I mean, if I want to have something, I'll have it, but I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty good about, okay. If I have something crappy or I take a day off and I eat what I want, I'm like, that's it. And I'm good for the rest of the week where mm -hmm. I can be pretty, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty strict then after that. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between a, 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 people ask me this all the time. What's the difference between a trainer and a coach? You know, I mean, a personal trainer, I think, yeah. you know, it's somebody who, yeah, they train you and they yeah. have information that they can give you. A coach is someone who's able to communicate that information and then pull what they need out of you, you know, get the most out of the the person that they're training. So 
And so that comes just different words to describe the same thing, and it's just the mindset that's different. Yeah, I think I think a coach is someone you know. And when I think of coaching, I think of it as it's a personal relationship between two people, and from that we're you know we're trying to get our best results and get the most. As a coach, I'm trying to get the most out of my client, you know. And a trainer, yeah, I mean maybe a trainer's trying to do the same thing, but when I think of a trainer, I just think of someone who is just you know, hey, do this and do that. So like I, I here's the I, information. I the here's the, the here's the workout. Let's follow the workout. Here's the reps. Do the reps. I, I saw this on the internet. It says a, a, a personal trainer, a so yeah, a trainer lights a fire underneath you and a coach lights a fire inside there you. There you go. That's like kind of what I'm trying to say in, in a much, you know, that's a much easier, <laughs> quicker way to say it, right? <laughs> but, you know, with and I and I think that's what's so exciting about working with you or and and why I always do this podcast and I and I love working with other people too is that like together we can overcome anything we can make those dreams come true Mm -hmm. and you know and we don't we're we're so again it's like this idea that we're so individualistic you know i did it all by myself i don't need anybody help you know and i'm like the road that you're driving to the gym the grocery store the gym itself you know brian and america's Mm -hmm. gym shout out to you best gym owner in the world i think seriously it's the best the best gym i mean i've been yeah we've all been training for a long time and what he's put together yeah. as far as the gym equipment and the atmosphere and just the gym in general is we're so lucky to have that in the Chicagoland area. I was, I, that's yeah. what I feel. Yeah. This is a retired. I, I, no, he's a working firefighter. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's at the firehouse <laughs> yeah. 24 hours and then his 48 hours off. He's running the gym. Like and the guy's is. like jacked and big. Yeah, and he's, yeah. I don't know how he's doing it, but I guess he's lifting weights while he's supposed to be putting they out. Probably yeah, have I guess a, so. They probably have a gym in the firehouse. I'm, yeah. I'm sure they have a gym in the firehouse. Yeah. They usually it's do. Amazing. And, yeah. uh, and sliding down that pole, probably some, you know, and I've known him for years. <laughs> Everyone's giggling at home. <laughs> and he was always, this is the owner of America's Gym in yeah. Chicago yeah. or in Wheeling, Illinois. And I've known him for years and he would always say, I've got all this gym equipment in storage, thousands of thousands of pieces. I'm just like, what is this guy talking about? He's got a gym and it's all in storage. And for sure, he's like, we, you know, we, we left the gym one day and we were walking outside and he was pulling stuff out of the trunk. And it was just like his eyes were like mm-hmm. he was just he loved this piece of equipment. And Fausto was just like, what is it? And he's just like, I can't tell you. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> what do you mean you can't tell yeah, us? He's yeah. just like, I'm not telling anybody about it until it's ready or something like that. Yeah. So I keep, I follow him on Facebook. So I was trying to see which machine. I think I may have identified the machine. But I mean, it was sandblasted and repainted and reconditioned and stuff yep. like that. But even at that gym, there's that whole uh, the back area that's just filled with old equipment that he's just uh, he's ready to do something with it I, maybe he's gonna open another gym i don't know yeah i think he wants to expand over there mm. but he'll go out he was like a few weeks ago uh eight hour drive out to ohio to go pick up some piece of equipment that he wanted you know that it was like one of one you know you can't find these anymore and to bring it back to the gym so it's just like stuff like that who else you know what's the craziest piece of equipment there that he has that you use that you're just like this thing you don't see it anywhere else but i i love it oh do you, i don't do you know i was gonna anything? say i don't know if anything that i've never seen there's there's a company called panada mm-hmm. which they make um a few different leg press machines a shoulder press machine a back machine he's got a few of them there that mm-hmm. you don't see at a lot of gyms mm-hmm. and the nice thing with that is you can really adjust these things you can really adjust these things to set up 
perfectly for any type of body mm-hmm. type. Because, I mean, there were some machines where it was just like you have to like literally like climb up almost like a ladder to yeah. get into them. Yeah. It's like, there's what this is leg this leg press yeah. that's like looks like it's on a second story building. Yeah, yeah. like, it, yeah, there's this leg press. If you were to like fall off, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd like break your leg or your neck or something. You're like 10 feet up. <laughs> and there's another one that looks, I swear to God, there, there, uh, it looks like a sadomasochistic St. Andrew's cross. But it's for training your biceps. Yeah, you know? it's, the, it's called the Iron. Yeah, the Iron Cross. The Iron Cross. Iron and Cross, I was yeah. like, what the hell is this, Brian? Uh, yeah, I mean, Brian Kerbin, uh, you know, shout yeah. out to, he, to you. He's just, he's somebody who really loves bodybuilding. And it's an environment that's very inclusive and inviting for all kinds of people. And I got to tell you, you know, some of those physiques are, are easy on the eyes. And it's a great place to train if you're ever in Chicago. So there you go, your free plug, Brian. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is good. Yeah. Uh, who who are your like uh, favorite bodybuilders? Like when you're scrolling on social media or watching television, and that person's on, or and you're like, I gotta stop and watch. You know, like Ronnie Coleman. What no matter where he is, what he's doing, you gotta watch what he's doing. S- more some of the older yeah. school guys. Yeah. Um, you know, Dorian Yates was mm-hmm. like my idol growing up. Just the hardcore, no nonsense guy. Um, Jay Cutler. I always liked Jay Cutler for his business sense. He was always really smart, good with money. And, um, I like also just the way he handled his business. If you see him now, he's very professional. He talks to everybody when he's at the shows and, uh, you know, he's done with his career, but he's healthy. He's not beat up. So, yeah, I mean, those are like Dorian Yates, Jay Cutler, those are like my Does that happen to a lot of guys. former bodybuilders? They're just, they've just exhausted themselves? From yeah, something. yeah. I mean, I think some of them have health issues, you know, from from stuff. And then, I mean, look at Ronnie Coleman. I mean, right. yeah, I mean, he's... Well, he was famously, fam- his doctor yeah. famously told him not to lift, and he went to the gym like the next day or something like that. And well, then, he had yeah. spinal surgery. Yeah, he's had like yeah. so many spinal surgeries. He was told not to lift. He went back to the gym. He popped the rods in his back, leg pressing after the surgery. Oh. And so, I mean, yeah, I think some of it was self-induced, you know, it did, definitely didn't help him out. Um, but it, but yeah, I mean, about it's, that obsession, that mindset that I think there's something beautiful and, 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 and people who don't understand that can't relate to it. Think of it yeah. as a sickness, you know, I think people who bash Ronnie just don't get it. Like to yeah. me, like, yeah, his body's beat up, but he's got that like pride and that honor inside of him that, or that hat that he can hang on the, you know, on, on the, on the hook at the end of the day saying, I did something that nobody else did. You and he know? was a working cop when he was, he was a working that. cop when he did it. You so, know? I mean, how, how many people can say they're the best in the world and you he know? goes anywhere in fitness and people will roll out the red carpet for him. And, you know, you hear people so. always like, you know, frustrated, or angry at the cops uh, and the violence. And they're like, I hate cops. All cops are bad and stuff. And I'm like, you know, who really hates cops? Other cops. Because <laughs> you talk to anybody who's a police officer, they're like, they're like, this job is killing me, you know? Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I'm just like, well, get out of it. And some of, some of them, thankfully, they're able to escape that, you know, situation. But a lot of people who are in that position, they're juggling to make ends meet. And so, you know, Ronnie Coleman or somebody, uh, um, uh, what's his name? The, I want to say the grapefruit guy. But <laughs> Kai Green. Kai Green. Sorry, yeah. Kai. Um, but you know, like these are people who came from very humble origins and they managed to become some of the world's greatest athletes, despite all these obstacles stacked against them. And I think that's such an important thing that we can learn is how to overcome obstacles that we face. Mm -hmm. I think some of your biggest obstacles, I mean, you look at people with great success 
and most of them have extreme obstacles and things that they had to get over and hurdles that they had to jump to get to where they were. But it is, it is kind of a collaborative it's, art because it's like if I'm I do better when I'm around you or Mark, you know, it's mm-hmm. like I when I'm lifting on my own, it's like I'm like, you know, getting distracted. And it's like, you know, you're on your phone, you're looking talking at, to people, looking at photos of French bodybuilder Joffrey Vasseau, <laughs> you know, yeah, how does somebody look like that? I do not know. Genetics, yeah. miracle of God. How, how does someone become Dorian Yates? How does someone become, you know, Ronnie Coleman? It's like. It, I mean, we can, you know, we can say genetics and that sort of puts that puts it on, you know, throws away that ambition. But there is a recipe. There is a, a pathway. There is a journey that bodybuilders take. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's. Yeah. I don't think anyone's predestined. I don't think someone's born yeah. and like, oh, this is the next king. Let's king him. You know, let's crown him. Uh, but yeah, these it's all little small decisions over years and years and years of perfecting a craft and trying to master it. And when you lay that groundwork down and then you couple that with genetics and the correct coaching and supplementation, you get the ability to be a Mr. Olympia. Well, and genetics is also, and then you got to throw luck. Yeah. And genetics and you got to throw luck in there too. I mean, you got to get lucky. You got to have the right, I mean, Ronnie Coleman, yeah, had great genetics to be Mr. Olympia, but he also had to have, uh, Metroflex gym in his backyard. He yeah. also had to have all, all those guys that, that were helping. buffet and all you could eat buffet. The black eyed peas and black eyed peas, and he yeah. had to have the guy, uh, the guy who owned Metroflex, Brian, to take him under his wing and train him and teach him everything. So there probably was ten Ronnie Coleman's throughout the country, but you know, the, he was the one in the right circumstance who had the work ethic and and, and did everything right. Uh, Shane uh, is asking on Instagram. Uh, his Instagram handle is Polly Pocket King. All right. Uh, he's not that short, but anyways. How uh, short is he? I think he's like five foot six or something, you know. He's uh, training for his first uh, competition mm-hmm. in San Francisco. He says part of the challenge in, in uh, being a bodybuilder in San Francisco is there's, like, it's really expensive to live there. So, you know, bodybuilding is not this money-making lucrative opportunity. And so a lot of trainers have to be do it in remote because, like, at the gym, there's just not a lot of people that can afford to live there. And he sa- is asking, um, uh, wants to know from you, What's something amateur bodybuilders over obsess on or focus on? And what are some things we should focus on instead? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I think training as far as like getting too uh, detail oriented as far as your training. You know what I mean? Getting too down. Um, oh, I need to do a certain exercise and make sure I squeeze my tricep and get the perfect range of motion. I think training needs to be, you know, intense. It needs to be hard and you need to train smart. But I think there is sometimes an overemphasis on, on just, on just training in, in general, you know, cause I think there's a lot of different ways to do it, to, to get to the end result or to put a ton of muscle on. Do you think that, uh, Mike Metzer was right that people just waste too much time at the gym? Yeah. Yeah. I think they do. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Mike Metzer, was a hundred percent correct, but we have like so many guys out there telling you, okay, you need to do a hit. No, you need to do 50 sets. No, you need to use a full range of motion. No, you need to do uh half reps. So it's just like, how about we just get into the gym, <laughs> train all your body parts, work your weak body parts more. And yeah. Yeah. yeah that's and, one of my favorite videos from Mike Metzer. You're talking about that guy doing what is the, the two second 
pull up. He's like, I had this guy and I had him just do one rep and it would look for two seconds and it changed everything. Yeah. Or getting to, you know, I see some, uh, you know, guys on extra, uh, on Instagram, just trying to get super cute with movements, like trying to get something super isolated, hit something at a really, uh, a certain angle. I think that stuff, yeah, can it be beneficial, but it's not going to be the meat and potatoes of what's going to build muscle. Build muscle is going to be full range of motion, the mm -hmm. basic movements, and sticking to it. I think a yeah. lot of people just don't uh, take advantage of Mike Metzer's original ideas, just like slow eccentrics. Sure. Eccentric is with the direction of gravity. Yeah. And so like a lot of people just kind of, they're, they're moving back and forth and it's like, if you can just put a little bit of, of uh, slowness in, in the direction of gravity, your muscle, the tissues in your muscles are benefiting from that. Yeah. I mean, it's the eccentric part and the, there, there's the obviously concentric moving the weight up and eccentric going down. It's both are, part of hypertrophy, part of breaking mm -hmm. down muscle. So yeah, it should be focusing on both of them. Something you should focus more on would just be, if you're getting ready for your first show is the diet, your diet, your nutrition, that's something you should be to the T about and not messing, messing around with, because that is really what's going to make or break. Well, Most people, when they get on stage is their conditioning making sure their diet's on point and they're... When you say diet, are you more about, like, getting diet for, for that mass? Or are you talking about, like, just to, to be, like, no fat? Yeah, yeah. I mean, both. I mean, off-season, I think you get you have a lot more leeway to kind of enjoy yourself and you don't have to be super strict. But, yeah, getting down to, you know, that within eight weeks of a competition, um, you know, you want to be as exact as you can mm -hmm. with everything. You know, I was calories asking Foster, like, what percentage body fat are you like right now? And he was always very uh, cagey with me on that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he wasn't very forth forthcoming. Well, because well, 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 part of it is an estimate. And I, yeah. and I, I know those body weight. The, well, you stood on a scale that measures your body fat. But those you remember, well, sometimes I wear socks, so it doesn't Well, measure. when you took a bare feet. No, you yeah, but you were saying that, like, I got down to what? Like, what was like, my leanest? Uh, you were saying, like, it was, like, 10% or yeah, something? Yeah, but you're probably, 12? like, at 10, 10%. Yeah. 10%. I mean, yeah. when you, you got abs, your abs are in and coming in, and that's, like, 10%. So I was like I that. To, you know, when when you started peeling off all the all the fat, it was, like, you know, it was, like, mowing a lawn that yeah. had been overgrown for. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh, look at this pebble, yeah. you know? It's like, you could start seeing your physique and your anatomy, and I'm just like, I am my parent's child. You know, yeah. I saw so much of my parents body in my body by getting that lean yeah and i would wish that for everybody so like discover a different part of yourself by just once in your life just you know do whatever it takes to get that lean momentarily mm -hmm. and with that back to that question too just why yeah. diet's so important just because you want to make sure you're getting in enough protein just to maintain the muscle you have and keep and preserve it as you're getting into the last few weeks because your calories are going to be low and you just want to get the most out of everything, right? You just don't want to be wasting any food. You want to just make sure every calorie counts. And the training, I don't want to like downplay training, but, you know, just make sure you're trying to hold, um, you know, your weights as far as um, your numbers and your reps. Because at that point, and you already built it. Right? Yeah, it's you not. built you, it. It's there. If you're, if you're a month from a show, you're in a calorie deficit. You're not building any more muscle. Mm. You know, just it's, it's not about muscle building. It's about preserving Holding you, on to what you, you have. How do you deal with the sadness of losing that muscle mass? Uh, you know, strength, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know what you tell. I mean, it's just yeah. it's it's temporary, and you're not really losing muscle. You're just 
as you get smaller, think of it as you're losing body fat and you're losing some of the fullness. A lot of it is just you're losing the fullness that's in the muscle mm -hmm. from uh, the off season or when but you're not. But the muscle fibers and the cells, they're still, still there. It's still there. It's just, yeah, if you were to go and have a bunch of carbs for three days straight, you'd be, you'd fill back out. Mm -hmm. So it's all still there. It's just flat. And I always tell people flat is the road to getting shredded. So being flat is okay. Like people, oh, I'm flat. I don't get a pump. That's okay. That means your glycogen levels are low in your muscles, which now means your body's going to start burning fat instead of burning off this glycogen. Mm -hmm. So it's a good, it's okay. You know? Well, and you know, part of it that was having that burger and fries on the night before the contest was like this. That to me was almost as much of a reward as anything else. Yeah. You know? And people were like, boy, you are of a dysfunctional relationship with food, Fausto. And I'm like, no, because part of it is like, there's this ambition to getting ready for that show. And that becomes a great uh, fuel for all the, all the actions you have to take. Yeah. And without that show, like if you tell somebody it's like, well, I want to get looking like a bodybuilder for a cruise. It's not going to be the same thing because there is this like undercurrent of competitiveness that ironically brings out a lot of cooperation with your family and your friends and your community and yourself. Most important, you're not as comfortable as straying from the plan when you know you're going to have to step on that stage. Yeah. And so when you have that, you know, sort of Damocles hanging over your head. It's it's a it's a great experience to have because you're more likely to follow through with, you know, with what your coach is asking. Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, you get you. You yeah. know, you're going to be on stage. You know, these judges are going to be looking at you. And then you have a, a couple that with a, a coach who's got your back, too. And you just start to become very motivated mm -hmm. and you just become you feel like you're just to the point of confidence where you just feel unstoppable. And that's really what you should feel like going into a show when you have the right pieces of the puzzle and the right people in your corner, you should just feel like, you know, I'm just going to dominate. Well, I'm a middle child. And to me, it was like, it was about making my coach, my husband, my mom and my friends happy as much like my happiness was tied to their happiness, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so for me, it was like a, a really empowering thing. Also thing to do is like to try to do something that was for me and me exclusively, you know? Um, and, and, you know, let's not, uh, mince words. It's like, you know, backstage, someone was asking all the competitors, like, are you guys natty? Are you guys natural? And it was like the end of a Scooby-Doo episode, like 40 people just started laughing hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they were laughing and not being like, no, we don't do that. You know, and, we're and, honest. And, and when you're over the age of 50, you know, having this kind of physique is tied to performance enhancing drugs. And, you know, so much, in fact, that I think the cultural and the mindset of performance enhancing drugs is changing just the, the way that we're becoming more Americans accept marijuana. They don't think of it as this dangerous thing that it used to have that was being used to put hippies and, and people of color in prison. And um, nowadays, I think a lot of young people are starting to be very comfortable in talking about their use of performance enhancing drugs mm -hmm. so much that there is now an alternative to the Olympics called the Enhanced Games. And um, there's a lot of money being poured into this. And basically, it's not, it's basically the Olympics, but without, with instead of um, allowing people to use performance enhancing drugs, they're encouraged to do so. Or not allowed. You normally like not allowed in the Olympics. They're urine and, testing. And, and yeah, random, yeah. Yeah. And this is going to be no hold bars, basically the Enhanced Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jacked up swimming. Jack, 
right? Well, they interviewed one guy who was a swimmer, right? Uh, James Magnuson. He's just like, I'm ready to do it. You know? And he, he looks bigger from his Olympic games, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like. But I don't know if other yeah. people, you know, how many other people are going to be engaged. Because like, I still think that there's um, a little bit of a stigma attached to it. And so, mm-hmm. this, you know, are, are you going to have like a basketball team of a bunch of people who are all on performance enhancing <laughs> drugs? I mean, maybe. Yeah. But are they going to have the sponsorship? Are they going to have the people, the time to put the energy into all these kinds of well, things? What kind of performance enhancing drugs improve your cardiovascular health is very different than something that builds muscle mm-hmm. yeah yeah and endurance like those are different recipes different sure. approaches sure and so somebody like for example like a long distance uh bicyclist is just has these massive quads already and they're natural you know, so I can't even imagine what they're going to look like. Well, yeah, yeah, they're going to be used. Not Armstrong. He wasn't natural. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't. Yeah. So they're going to be used. Well, they're not naturally. They're going to be using things like EPO. Uh, the what, stuff what is EPO? It just increases. Uh, it's injectable. It increases red blood cell count. Okay. So guys who are, you know, uh, in anything with endurance, you take EPO. Um, I've never taken it, but I know guys who have. They said, you know, they went into the gym and they squatted, you know, what they did for 10 for 20 reps. So if you're going to yeah. like a high altitude, uh, like high that, altitude, you the probably red blood want to do that. Yeah. Anything where you know they're burning through glycogen, they're burning, they're just going up a mountain. Yeah, the mm-hmm. extra red blood cell count is huge. Where it's like help. I'm getting red blood cells taken out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's interesting. Now it's like I think a lot of people are very comfortable in talking about what their gear they're taking, and so there's a lot of more resources on the internet than there was before. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, when, even, you know, um, when I started podcasting it, 20 years ago, the Internet was so young that there was not a lot of forums. And, you know, people were learning how to lift weights through Scott Herman's videos on YouTube. And now there's just like a thousand Instagram accounts and, you know, Reddit uh, pages and wiki articles and sites that sell this stuff, you know, and it comes with a big label, not for human consumption. I think the bigger issue now is finding the right information. You know, there's so much noise out there. It's like, okay, we've got so much information. Now we got to learn how to narrow it down and find the people who are actually like have the good stuff and the other people who are just like BSing us. So I think that's the next generation or the next thing we got to look out for is like getting rid of the noise and making sure, especially in this industry with performance enhancing drugs, we're listening to the right people. You know, or, or we're keeping ourselves safe because there's a lot of bad advice out there. There's, you know, taking certain compounds, just ridiculous dosages, things that are not sustainable for the long run. And yeah, do they work? Yeah, with anabolics, more is like more for the most part. If you take more, it works more. But uh, well, you can only take up. Yeah, a you do, exactly. Do you want to die? Do you want to live till you're fifty? If you did like just a massive <laughs> amount of steroids at one time. I, I mean, what's what you, you probably you? I mean, one cycle at the you probably would be fine if you did a massive cycle. I mean, your blood pressure would probably go up for most people. Your blood work would look terrible. But, you know, if you did it for three months and got off, you'd everything would go back to normal, mm. you know. But <clears throat> I'm not advising anybody to do that. But it's not like, oh, the one massive steroid cycle you do. It's the massive steroid cycle that you do for 20 years or 10 years or you never come off these large dosages, mm-hmm. you know. It scares me because a lot of these some of these bodybuilder guys, it's like I see them on stage at the show, and then I see them six months in the off season, and they look pretty much the same. It's like, uh, so then, like unwind. Yeah, what do you do? Like, if you look the same, like, keep on blasting. You just keep blasting. I mean, okay, John Henry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's guys doing it. It's I'm not going to say what you should do or shouldn't do, but if if you want to live a longer, healthy life, that's certainly not 
you know, not the way to do it. There's certainly, you know, with, and that's my big point is there's a way to do anabolics and to do them like the right way where you can do them and you could live, you could live a long life and you don't have to worry about health issues. You know, there's ways to do it right where we can do this. We can live an enhanced life and be as normal as possible. As well, it also helps to find a good doctor that supports this. Um, mm -hmm. There are some doctors who are like, you know, they think that having a very, very low amount of testosterone as an adult male or even uh, for women as well um, is is um, to be expected. And and part of that is a result of microplastics, it's a result of yeah. pesticides, it's a result of sedentary behavior, it's a result of, uh, you know, processed foods and all kinds mm -hmm. of obstacles that we face today that we didn't face 50 years ago. So the average is now so low that it's causing all these kinds of other diseases. Mm -hmm. And so when we want to talk about like helping people fight disease, a lot of doctors don't, are not looking at the big picture. And so finding a doctor that has a history of wellness, has a night, uh, has a history of fighting um, HIV and AIDS, um, has more resources and more of an appetite to sort of question mm -hmm. traditional medical or practice. even maybe just a little bit of a holistic approach in yeah. the sense of, Hey, I'm not, I'm not here just to put you on more drugs. You know, let's find a solution. Maybe let's find the actual root cause of what's going on and attack it from there instead of putting band-aids on a, you know, on symptoms, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which, you know, aren't addressing the real issues. So yeah, all those, all those things. So, well, and, and, you know, and, and part of it is like, you know, with the enhanced games, like, you know, Will there be bodybuilding at the Olympic, at the pseudo Olympics, or the enhanced Olympics? You know? Or weightlifting? Will there be that? Or yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now you were, you here's were, devil's uh, advocate. Yeah. What if they do this right? Enhanced games, and all the records are like the same. Ooh. <laughs> what does that say? Right. Well, That'd I think it. people give a lot of credit to steroids, <laughs> yeah. and then everybody thinks that steroids is a magic pill. Right. And even like, you know, even talking about it on a podcast, um, there's been podcasts that have had their their accounts revoked on YouTube, for example, uh, because they're talking about medical information, you know, and it's like, I, you know, and this is like the way I approach any advice that I give people. This is advice. You are making the decision to go in that direction. You know, it's I'm not a doctor. I'm not somebody who's, you know, we're just saying this is the options that you do have. Yeah. And whether you decide to do that, that is in your hands. But I would always recommend get your blood work done, talk to a doctor and, you know, be as transparent about this. You know, now one area of, of opportunity that exists now that didn't exist five years ago is all this like peptides, SARMs and other stuff. And, one, uh, you know, with human growth hormone, there's always been such bullshit being sold on the mm -hmm. Internet that um, expensive bullshit, expensive bullshit that doesn't do anything, you know, it's like and people say that human growth hormone is the 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 most one of the most powerful, you know, performance enhancing drugs that no one has access to. Mm -hmm. And so what, rich people have access to they it. do. Rich you people know? Are that's one of the things that, along with metformin that they're taking for longevity. Well, metformin doesn't cost nothing. Um, and certainly like telmisartan doesn't cost anything, you know, but it, and telmisartan is a blood pressure medication that is also a myostatin inhibitor. Mm -hmm. So it helps your body be more muscular than it normally would just because you're trying to lower your blood pressure. And so some of these guys are taking even smaller dosages of Tomasartan and they're taking metformin um, along with human growth hormone 
to try to like basically look their best and be as jacked as possible. But um, in terms of like what's really exciting uh, this past couple months is the the availability of ibutamorin, which is commercially sold as MK six seven seven, a growth hormone secretagogue. 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 And basically, it uh, it it raises your your um, growth hormone in natural production, natural yeah, production of that hormone. Sure. And I, I'll tell you this: I took some last night, and I conked out to sleep, and I woke up with an appetite, and I was just like, "This is the real deal." Yeah, know? those are two of the main um, yeah. side effects of it, which is great. You know, hunger. increased uh, hunger, increased appetite, and uh, sleep. So it's usually people gain marijuana gain, and a pill. Yeah, right. <laughs> marijuana K seven seven. Yeah, yeah. That's what it stands for. Mary Jane. Um, and it definitely, um, yeah, I use it with a lot of my clients, usually before bed, 25 milligrams. And it is, yeah, good for that. Usually some weight gain, weight gain is associated with it too, once they start taking it. When do you uh, decide? Muscle or fat? You know, water. I mean, a little bit of both. And some people say, you know, they feel a little bit like bigger, but waterier a little bit. But, you know, I think it's definitely promoting lean muscle gain. So, yeah. Definitely. How do you know when is a good time to recommend that for a client or for yourself? Uh, you know, I usually... Not pre-contest, um, just because you're gonna you could hold water from it. So off season, and usually in the depths of an off season or not like right away. So when things start to get difficult to eat, which is a common thing when you're trying to shovel down a lot of food for bodybuilders trying to put on size. So yeah, when when that starts to come in, where you're you know the meals are getting hard to eat, it's hard to get down all the calories. The MK six seven seven can be a, a really good thing to add in there, or if you're, um, you know, if if um, finances is a thing, like we were talking about. Gr- I mean, growth hormone is not cheap, and it's also hard to find legit stuff. You could be taking fake stuff, and you're really wasting your money, obviously. Mm-hmm. So the MK six seven seven can be a good alternative. You know, and, something you know, to use. It's way. It's going to be way more affordable. Like to, to give people mm-hmm. a, the example here, like uh, a very inexpensive and cheap human growth hormone cycle, like two IUs a day, which is nothing. Uh, Madonna takes four IUs, you know? Yeah. Uh, Sylvester's still on taking like eight to 12, you know? Uh, so, so that's like, you know, 400 to 1500 a month. Mm-hmm. MK677 for, you know, high dosages is 25 to $50 a month. And, and for people that don't know, human yeah. growth hormone is just, you know, it, it helps like you grow as a teenager, that kind of thing. But it's really, it's, it's about repairing what you have. You know, so if you if you rip your muscles apart, it's that's going to help it grow because you repair it. But it's also going to be good for your they say for your like your brain, your joints, your skin for all sorts of things, your hair. Because skin. your body is constantly yeah. being destroyed uh-huh. by the environment. And so this helps just repair it and bring it back. And that's why they're looking at it as like a fountain of youth drug. Uh-huh. Well, and, and what do you think about intermittent fasting? Like uh, so people say that intermittent fasting, like basically not eating until halfway of the day or not eating like halfway before you go to bed can stimulate your body to release human growth hormone. I, I think it depends on your goals. Sure. I, I think uh, fasting can be a good thing. If muscle building is like your number one priority, you want to put on muscles, I I would not be fasting. Fasting is not a good idea. But for people just where weight loss is the goal um, or people who don't have a lot of structure, uh, fasting can be a great easy way to get in a calorie restricted state Mm -hmm. and some of those things you want to talk about yeah like autophagy growth hormone being released because you're not eating food 
and that's giving times for the that's giving time for the your cells in your body to get repaired. That's the idea of autophagy. Uh, I think there's some of that. I wouldn't, you know, I don't think fasting is the end all be all. Mm. So I think in general, it would be if you're someone who wants to build muscle, get bigger muscles, don't fast. If you're someone who's looking to lose weight, just wait. Um, and you're maybe just, you know, not someone who's really that concerned about your muscle mass, then fasting is something that could be really useful. And to know sort of the dosages and whether this is right for you at this point in time in your training, consult with a coach like mm-hmm. Matt or yeah. me or anybody. I work uh, with, to, yeah, to, I mean, I work with yeah. clients where we do, I mean, I work with bodybuilders. I work with yeah. people who we do fast. We do, you know, we fast in the morning. They're not bodybuilders. When I have imp- implement, implemented it with bodybuilders is um, when we're having digestion issues or we have, uh, you know, GI distress, uh, we've lost insulin sensitivity, fasting, this isn't a bodybuilding sense, maybe like once a week on an off day is something I've, we could, you know, it's implemented sometimes. How do you know if you've lost insulin sensitivity? I mean, you could, I mean, one thing you could do is check your, um, just for data is mm-hmm. to check your fasting, your, your fasting blood glucose mm-hmm. levels, which should be around 90, no more, if you're a bodybuilder, no more than a hundred mm-hmm. in the morning. You know what I mean? If you're running up higher than that, you're, you're definitely lost some insulin sensitivity. Mm-hmm. So that's the number one way. Number two would be feeling lethargic. You noticing like you're eating food, but it's just going to your stomach. You know what I mean? Like you're just gaining fat. You're not mm-hmm. really gaining it anywhere else. Um, okay. Yeah. Those are like some good ones right there. You know, tired, you're, you're seeing fat gain in areas you don't like. And, um, yeah, or, or again, ch- f- checking your fasting blood glucose levels. You can get a blood glucose monitor from Walmart, about 20 bucks. You could check that every morning or once a week. And, yeah, not a bad idea. Uh, right. And, and part of it is, like, the blood glucose monitors, are. you can get them on Amazon. Yeah, or super Amazon. Super ridiculously cheap. Even cheaper, yes. Those those continuous blood glucose monitors sure. that a lot of fitness people have been taking, there's studies that come out, and they say they don't do shit. Because just like the snooze button on your alarm clock, yeah. you ignore it. Yeah. Nah. If you do ignore it, yeah. I mean, I have um, – I want to experiment with one. My One of my clients, he's a borderline diabetic where he's getting a lot better. We've been working on him with his diet, but he has one, and it's just fun to actually kind of just see how um, – it tracks throughout the day. He uses it. He hooks it up to his phone. Right. And and, and, and part and, of it is that people have the expectation that your blood glucose should be at a certain steady level, but actually does spike oh, after you, you eat. It yeah. spikes after you eat, yeah. depending on the person. Uh, your blood glucose levels spike when you work out. You could not eat anything, and you could go work out and have a blood glucose of 100 and be working out, and it could be up at 150, 160. You know? yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's not a, something that stays the same throughout the day. No. But more, that's why... Fasting nor, uh, levels are a good marker to use throughout the day. If you if you are someone who's tracking and you're not diabetic, 150, 160 should be about as high as you should be getting. And one um, thing that I've learned from different coaches, including you, is like uh, don't underestimate the idea, the power of of carbohydrates to fuel your workout. Like so many, you know, so many people. Like I have coworkers who are like, carbs are evil, carbs are bad, and I'm like, carbs are an important part of you, your existence. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so, like, one example is uh, using something like uh, carbolin or highly chained 
high side. branch chain cluster dextrin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just fast. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just fast acting carbohydrates that get into your system really fast. Yeah. And, and your taking those within an hour or during your workout mm-hmm. can actually give you a nice pump and actually give you a lot of more energy to get a very effective workout. Yeah. Like, I noticed that like um, last week, actually, or was it a couple of weeks ago, you and I did a back workout where, you know, you can see that photo that we took afterwards and on my Instagram and I just looked huge. I yeah. looked like you, dad. Yeah. You were pumped <laughs> up there. Yeah. You know, and it was like an interesting thing because I like in my mind, I'm just like, well, okay, so that was the contest and now it's time to rebuild and grow and heal, you know, and to, to do something else sure. in the future, you know? And so to take that photo and seeing how the power of good nutrition, good carbohydrates, and a good workout can actually be very beneficial. Yeah, carbohydrates are one of the most important things, especially with physique athletes, because it's the one nu- nutrient that can drastically, not mm-hmm. drastically, but can change your physique very fast. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can go from flat to full uh, within, you know, 50, 100 grams of carbs, 200 grams of carbs. And that, if you're lean and you have muscle, that is going to drastically change the, the way you look. You know, from uh, the average person may not know what they're looking at, but they would go, oh, wow. You know, oh, wow, you look a lot better now. Well, I don't know what I don't know what happened, but you look better. But that's and it's just the, the fullness. Yeah. It's the fullness of the muscle. It's that muscle that is now full and is pressing up against the skin. Well, and it's like people who are, you know, uh, doing party drugs and trying to get, you know, attention at an, an, on a dance floor may not be the best effective thing to look your best. Maybe just having, you know, a a, a handful of grapes or uh <laughs> yeah. you know a capri sun or, or some gummy bears or not something. gnawing not gnawing on your uh on your teeth <laughs> is, with your eyes bugged out and not the best look um, last time you were on the podcast uh did you get any attention i know that some people messaged you on social media and they were asking for photographs yes they were asking <laughs> yeah it was they, probably slave to the muscle one of them, yeah, yeah. Could have been. He started his OnlyFans, by the way. Yeah, they, congratulations. I might have to start yeah. another business, so who knows? I'm, I have an entrepreneurial spirit, so yeah. we'll see. Well, you know, right. that's the thing. A lot of these bodybuilders are doing sort of like uh, muscle worship <laughs> uh, pay-per-view sites, you and, know? We uh, got uh, Do not haggle over the price of your underwear. You set a price and you stay <laughs> you, you firm. Stay f- I'm firm. I'm firm. <laughs> Emphasis on the firm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and did you uh, – did you – uh, what did they offer any money for like uh, erotic photos of yourself? I, you know, I they didn't. I didn't get that far. I'm you have sure to find out what the price is. I know. I guess yeah. I need to find the price, and yeah. we'll, we'll 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 figure it out. But yeah, I didn't get that far. Because I'm like I'm starting a you know a, a <laughs> OnlyFans or I call it Only Flans, which is a basically a, it's going to be a muscle worship videos where we sit down and eat. Custard. Are you going to do some low calorie? Yeah, custard. Custard. <laughs> Are you going to make about, some low calorie? Yeah, fun? I mean that's a little high calories. Is that part of your diet? No. Well, you do it with um uh with monk fruit sweetener. Oh, okay. Is that, that going to brown pure. like that? What about uh some sugar free? Yeah. Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a creme brulee. We'll do. Fausto yeah. loves the sugar free, sugar free maple syrup. He oh loves, my god. He loves the, it better than the real maple I, syrup. Which yeah. one, which one do you use? I got I bought this one I, I can't see the brand name oh. off from over here but it's like it it was it was sold at the grocery store in Texas in Austin at the H E B and they don't sell it in Chicago so I have to order it on yeah, Amazon. I cannot eat my oatmeal without my sugar free syrup in it. Mm. I love it it's and great. it doesn't taste any different. Yeah. I it's, put on my pancakes. It's witchcraft. You know, <laughs> we're gonna the, die I think the real this. maple syrup to me 
taste. Oh better. no, yeah. I, I prefer yeah. this better. You know, and part of it is because it doesn't give you that sugar rush. Mm-hmm. You know, that I, I'm not necessarily a fan, you know. Sugar, like maple yeah. syrup, it's delicious, but it coats, like you get a coating of like sugar in yeah. your mouth after it. You're like, you're yeah. like you know. <laughs> uh, and so, so uh, Mike on Instagram had a great question. <laughs> he, he posted the What's question his, okay, a Mike, while back. Does he have a handle? Uh, Magic Mike? I, I, <laughs> he said, does jacking off raise testosterone levels? Should I be rubbing out one before <laughs> I hit the gym? And I said to him, I was like, well, if that's the case, gyms would have rub out rooms instead of posing rooms. <laughs> yeah. I and think, I'm not cleaning that, just saying. You know, I think if you get the urge before yeah. you go to the gym, you know, you can do your business. That's okay. I, I just, I don't think it's going to affect your hormones, like, honestly, as a, if it's a serious question, but I think it would just affect being tired. Why, you I know what I mean? Relaxed, like, right? Too relaxed. Where like you kind of want to walk into that gym tense. Right. right? You kind of want to feel it like, yeah, exactly. Go out some blue balls. I did some, I consulted the scientists at Face to Fun headquarters. Uh, <laughs> and they <laughs> it, actually, your testosterone levels do go up when you're masturbating. And then they raise. And when you're having sex. But the minute you ejaculate, then they go back then down. Then they go back down. And some athletes have uh, reported uh, edging, which is what young people say. Uh, when you sexually stimulate yourself, but you don't ejaculate, can actually lead to sustained. But this is like you know, mm-hmm. wink, wink, sustained higher levels, higher levels of 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 testosterone. What I think is more effective, actually, and there's another study that's come out is chewing sugar-free bubble gum can have a, a stimulant effect on your brain that wakes you up. Okay. And so chewing gum 50 minutes into your workout or the beginning of your workout and then being in an environment that's very exciting for you, whether it's sexual or happy or joyful. Um, that's why like gyms with shitty managers or shitty hours where the gym's about to close is not necessarily good because it creates a, a negative, frustrating environment. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be at a gym that's open 24 hours. America's gym. Shout out to you, brother. Brian. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it's important to be in an environment that makes you happy. Yeah. And happiness is really critical to building muscle. How many times do we see this too, where we just, yeah. you, you related to just the happiness thing, but just like the idea of going to a good gym and just being like, oh, the atmosphere at that gym was amazing. You know, like just training there, just there's something about that gym and the feeling there that just makes me stronger. You know, I think we've all been to gyms like that, and I think that's exactly what you just you're getting to. Which well, is well, a gym the, with a, with a, the dumbbells are missing or stolen. Yes, exactly. Or there's like you export. Know, a, yeah, there's a <laughs> I'm putting gyms on blast. Yeah. Cheetah Gym closes their gym early. I would go to the export on State Street in the middle of the night at oh two in the morning, God. and there would be. I mean, every night there'd be just be like a dance off going on. First of all, they'd work out, and then there'd be like a dance off that would go on in the mirror, like these two guys would be dancing. Dancing, just be the strange, dancing. yeah. I mean, they were like, you like know, a nightclub dancing or like, like hip hop dancing. Okay. Like you know, they're listening to their rap, like music. practicing their break. Yeah, they're moves. practicing their break. They break dancing moves. Yeah, I see a lot of people dancing at the gym and then, and in between their dance, sets, yeah. which is, yeah. No, no musical theater dancing, unfortunately. No, there's a bunch of. Uh, I've seen people ballroom dancing in the in the in the in the studios. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were in Austin, Texas, at Gold's Gym on, on at Middle Fiskville Road. I always want to call them Fistville Road, but um, and in there there was like a country western ballroom dancing couple, and they were like jacked and beautiful, and they were practicing their ballroom dancing, and I was just like I had to stop my workout and just watch them, you know, and I was like, 
And I was like, God, you guys are so amazing, you know? And a lot of people don't take advantage of those studios, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's like, uh, the, 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 I think the frustrating thing with um, living in an urban environment is that a lot, it's cost so much to operate and run a gym that a lot of the gyms have like limitations to what they do. And so if you go on social media and you look at, you know, um, Steve Cook or Chris Bumstead or any of these kind of like people that you worship, they usually live in areas where it's a lot more affordable to start a gym or to live. Yeah. And, and so the obstacle of living in a major city is just uh, when there's, when it's expensive to run a gym and expensive to live, then the gyms are going to have a lot of more limitations in hours or facilities and so on. Size. And mm-hmm. size, you know. Mm-hmm. Or Mark, I you always said, feel, yeah. feel like people out in the suburbs are bigger than people in the cities because <laughs> they have more room to grow. It's like a goldfish, right? A yeah. goldfish is only going to get so it's big. It's so big for its cage. Right? Yeah, you got to put the snake <laughs> in the bigger cage. But for if it you to get grow. roam yeah. free, you get real big. Yeah, that could be some truth. You get out into the country and there's like those big, you know, farm bred country boys. They're and, the biggest out women. there. I and mean. women. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> big as a barn door. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve on Facebook wa- wanted to know uh, what's most overlooked training exercise. I think we answered that earlier that people overlook is posing. Well, exercise. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Obviously, posing in general is overlooked. Exercise. What's uh, like the important squat? The squat. I mean, I think the squat is the one. I mean, we talked about it. You know, at that show, mm-hmm. where a lot of people don't have that leg development. It's not there. It's they have of, leg development, but just not as not much as, as like the a, winner. Right. The and, winner had the legs. And when you talk to most guys with great leg development, great glute development, squatting is part of it. Yeah. Maybe not a free weight barbell squat, but it has to be something where you're getting deep. Mm-hmm. You know, well, some the, people really they love that Smith machine. The squat. Smith machine squatting, hack squatting, anything mm-hmm. where you're able to get that deep range of motion. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to build. Yeah, it's going to build big legs. I think I describe it as like bodybuilding is like you made a beautiful meal, and posing is the plating. So you put it on a plate, and the squats, the legs is the table. It's the yeah. pedestal where the work of art is being presented. Sure, or it's like if you're making a sculpture yeah. out of clay, how big of a slab of clay do you get to start with? And the bigger you can get that squat, the bigger you can get those basic lifts up, the bigger slab of clay you get to sculpt with. Mm, tell me more about that sl- big slab. It's just <laughs> big and <laughs> firm. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, oxytocin. It's the love hormone. Uh-huh. And there's all these studies that actually show that um, just petting your dog or shaking hands with somebody or getting a hug or just physical touch from a warm, furry animal or a person you love or a friend can be extremely beneficial in, uh, in stimulating human growth hormone and recovery, lowering Healing. stress. Yeah. Healing. Healing. And a lot of the people that I, that I talk to who are like dealing with um, trauma and stuff like that, uh, I started calling it um, nude therapy is if you're with a partner or somebody that you see on a sexual basis. Yeah. A lot of like, like what, what this is a Westerners, you know, trauma thing. And, and some other cultures too, is like, they don't spend time or energy just touching each other without sex on the agenda. And, and so just be able to touch somebody else's body in a non sexual, but an actually loving way mm-hmm. can be extremely powerful and just, and building muscle. Just a hug. Hugging somebody. You ever know it's like you hug somebody? There's like that. You hug them. I don't want to get like too philosophical or deep, but like you hug somebody and there's like that space that's created. You guys create, when you hug somebody, you create this other space that's like, maybe it's love. It's just like an empty, that's not empty, but it's like you create this like home. 
that yeah. the two of you have when you hug. You know, it's like a, a empty loving space, if you want to say. So whatever that is, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think that is, it's going back to exactly what you're talking about. Well, do you think like, a, you know, we don't create like a war for men to have that, especially heterosexual men or even gay guys. Yeah, you know, whatever. Like, just men in general. Yeah. Even if you're gay, I don't, I think a lot of the same yeah. stigmas still apply to being a male with a penis. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to, yeah. You're supposed to be tough and can't be emotional. Or but would like you that. tell your clients like they're like struggling with dealing with stress, like just get more hugs from, you know, anybody who consents, you know, a dog. How about Yeah, sure. How about person. just get around like how about our get around people, mm. you know, go out to dinner and go to the gym and be social. I think that's so important. We're human. We're social creatures. You know, we don't have that social interaction, I think. It's not good. What do you make of people who spend a lot of money developing home gyms then? Like, you know, because part of it is they're yeah. mailing the home gyms because they, they're, you know, they, they're like, Jimmy, where I hate having to work in with other people and well, they're the, judging me. They're probably out in the burbs too. They yeah. got a wife, kids, yeah. that kind of stuff. I think we would have to look at yeah, the rest of your life, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, if you're secluding yourself in everything, probably not a good idea. But yeah, if the one aspect of your life is the gym, you don't want to be around people, but you got friends and, a social life outside of that, sure. But I don't think it's healthy to do things just to seclude yourself, right? And just to, so I want to get away from people. I don't think that's healthy. Matt, thank you so much for being my coach and coaches so many other people and, yeah. and uh, coming and joining us, uh, coaching bodybuilders for success. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Bodybuilders, powerlifters, anyone who wants to get in shape, look good naked, will you impress coach, their partner. Will you coach the in the new division, men's wellness? If, if if they have it, which is the new thing that everybody, I mean, I thought some people were going to have a coronary over that. What's going What's happening? So it Brazil, was like, yeah, go ahead. So in Brazil, the, uh, the bodybuilding federation in Brazil <laughs> created a new category called men's wellness. And, and maybe uh, um, Matt can speak to this because it basically wellness is a category for women. And so the competitor who won um, has very round hips like a woman. So, and either has a very small penis or may have been tucking their penis to look like he had a vagina. A vagina. Yeah. And he had the female, like the, the, what the females would wear as far as shorts. Yes. Too. Uh, pat, pat, posing right. trunks. Right. And, and then so no top, obviously just a male from the, from the middle up was basically a, a very lean yeah. muscular body of, of a male from very male presenting. Yeah. And then from the neck up, it was, it was very feminine and with long hair. And and, and then from the neck, well, from the waist down the waist was down like a feminine. chick's like ass. I'm like, whoa, look at that ass and thighs. You know you what I mean? smash that. <laughs> and part of it is, look, gender is just a letter on your driver's license. And I know that like it caused a lot of controversy, but it also like it was interesting because it was like people were like trans people should have their own divisions, their own categories. And the trans people go, OK, well, men's wellness. Here it is. And they're like, wait a minute. Not like that. <laughs> not like that. Like, no, like, go somewhere else. Please, these bigots, because. Yeah, oh, no. They don't want trans people winning anything. No. You throw all, like a girl, know? you act like a girl. And then they say, OK, I'm a girl now. No, you're still a guy. You and, know, in you United, can't win. and in the United States, there are trans bodybuilding federations and contests. Where, you know, it's like the uh, enhanced games. It's like, do whatever you want, you yeah. know? And I think in a yeah. sport, too, it's like, yeah. 
bodybuilding, it's like we're all taking hormones to change our body. It's like who? It's almost like why are we we're all like throwing uh, throwing uh, stones in a glass house. It's so, like so come on. Like, so did this winner? It, this person won because they have the the like the body of like a, a a man and a woman, or is that just like is this a unique situation that they want? Yeah, I don't. Or I don't is know. that what they're looking so, for? So the announce. So after it was there was some whatever you want to call it, controversy Mm -hmm. over it. People, you know, on both sides were making a stir on Instagram and social media. The president of the NPC, which is the major, you know, Mm -hmm. physique, national physique committee, the biggest amateur bodybuilding show said, oh, we're we're not, we're not entering in any more divisions. So this is, we're not creating, we're not creating a new division. So this is, this isn't going to be a new division yet, I guess. Okay, so it's only in Brazil. So it was going on in Brazil, I guess. Yeah. So it's just in Brazil at the moment. I can't wait to go to Brazil. It looks wild, <laughs> wild. All, all my favorite Twitter uh, people are Brazilian. But as a you know, for me as a yeah. coach, I don't. Yeah, do whatever you want mm-hmm. for sure. If you're if that makes you happy, and then hey, it gives me more clients. There's a new movie coming out. <laughs> okay. called Love Lies Bleeding, starring Kristen Stewart from you know Twilight and yes, everything yes. else. She's a lesbian. And, now. and uh, Katie O'Brien, who you might recognize from The Mandalorian, she was the evil uh, communications officer, part of the Empire. And uh, so uh, Kristen Stewart manages a gym and she falls hard for Jackie, who is Katie O'Brien, who comes to town. She's heading to Vegas to pursue her dream of being a bodybuilder. But their love soon leads to violence as they get pulled into a deep web of criminal activity. And there's lots of scenes of Kristen Stewart, I guess, shooting up Katie Katie O'Brien <laughs> to get her all juiced up on roids. It's amazing. So that'll be fun to see. Been waiting that kind 20 of, years for this. For that. So it's juiced up women. Yeah, juiced yeah. up women, yeah. Well, you know, I mean. Are we going to see some sex scenes? Well, yeah. Look at you getting all your dick hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, most of the women at that bodybuilding competition, most of them are taking some kind of. Yeah, oh, yeah. Know. I mean, it's totally. I mean, I guess, yeah, people think steroids, oh, mm-hmm. men take them. Yeah. But yeah, these women are taking not the same amounts, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're taking. They're taking some, yeah. probably some estrogen because they want to balance things out. Yeah. Different, yeah, mm-hmm. different compounds. Different but, cocktails. But, but the same results. Yeah. It was interesting backstage in the bodybuilding competition. The men and the women were very nervous around each other. Yeah. And part of it is because, like, everybody thinks, like, you know, you hear these rumors about the Olympics. Everybody's fucking after they're done. At the bodybuilding competitions, nobody's fucking. That you know of. <laughs> I mean, that I saw, yeah. I didn't see any, and you know, I have an eye for people yeah. flirting, you know. I think people are too tired after the show, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just like, it's depleted. just, it's depleted, it's like, your sex drive doesn't come back usually for like a week after. And they're there with after. their families, their spouses, you know, you're yeah. not going to be like flirting with your co-competitors, you know. Although I got to say, they were all pretty fetching, yeah. you know, and, and, um, and so, you know, part of it is to me is like, look, you're you're not you're not going to be banging anybody or but they're, so they were really tense around each other. So I got up to the women and I'm like, oh my god, your makeup is so beautiful, you know. <laughs> so that kind of outs me, and yeah. I'm, I'm being and they're sincere. like, your makeup looks good too. I can barely see that you penciled in your eyebrows and have <laughs> contour. Why <are> you? <laughs> Just a little bit because it hurts. You know, use every right. trick in the book, right? And so, so yeah, so I'm like admiring some of these women who are just gorgeous, you know, and, 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 and part of it is like, when we think about bodybuilding, we think for women, we think, you know, uh, she Hulk, we think of a very muscular woman, but we don't think about the, 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 the aesthetics of it. And these women 
they could go to any beauty pageant, Miss America, USA, whatever, and win there too. They were just stunning. And, you know, as somebody who's been a lifetime surrounded by drag queens who are trying to create this illusion to actually see the, the deal, the real deal up close and personal, I was just like, wow. I mean, they were just stunning. Yeah. And nobody was going around being like, um, are you really a man? Are you really a woman? Like, you know, it, if you present at that gender and you pass, ain't, mm-hmm. ain't nobody going to say nothing, you know? Yeah, there's definitely girls who, you know, the bodybuilder one, phys- yeah. clad, the physique girls, they're a little more, you know, it's like more muscular. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh, but yeah, when you're talking about bikini and figure, yeah, it's, it's definitely feminine or elegant. Why, what, why, is the, I guess what, the, the reason for all these kind of divisions and categories is to include people to participate, right? It's a, because in the yeah. old days, it was just bodybuilding and that was it. Yeah, I mean, before, yeah, yeah before there was literally, you know, we're, I mean, going back 20 years, um, it was bodybuilding. It was uh, women's women's uh, physique and uh, or f- not physique figure. So bodybuilding figure and fitness, and that was it. That was it. There was no other division. So yeah, you would go to the bodybuilding shows, and if you weren't a bodybuilder, as far as like very muscled up and jacked, you really didn't necessarily have a have a place, you know. And for women, you had to fit into the category of figure which had certain criteria or fitness, which was like a, um, almost like a gymnastics routine, so which they're bringing, they're bringing back now actually. But, um, yeah, yeah so now it's much more inclusive. The, the, it's about, you know, yeah, the inclusivity and growing the sport. And I think it's good. I think it's good. But do you think like, uh, the evolution of, uh, of these categories is being done to invite people who normally wouldn't want to compete to participate? Yeah, and I think they there was a calling. What was going on with bodybuilding at the time? You know, we're going back, 50, like I was saying, fifteen twenty years ago. Was the guys, the physiques were getting, the stomachs were getting big. Uh, they were almost getting too blown out, where they weren't looking aesthetic anymore. And I think that was the start of was what now is classic physique. Saying we need to find a balance here where we need to tone these physiques down a little bit and bring it back more to a marketable mainstream look. Cause it was almost getting to like freak show status. And so, yeah, I think that opened the door for classic physique, men's physique and all these other divisions. And then you could still have the freaks. I don't want to call them freaks, but you can just still have the big, <laughs> the, big the big, huge dudes who well, are trying is, to get a, you've as big as possible. In open. They'll yeah. take that as a compliment. You freaks. Yeah. The big freaks. <laughs> I mean, th- this is something you've won yourself. Yeah. I mean, I wanted time. Yeah. Now. I mean, I would totally did bodybuilding. Yeah. I wanted to push the limits as you far as I could. I wanted yeah. to be a freak. That was always my goal. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it's good to have the other avenues for other people. And as a coach, it's great because not everybody wants to be, no, not everybody wants to be a bodybuilder. Not everybody is willing to do what it takes to be a bodybuilder at that highest level. So, and I'm not saying classic physique or men's physique is easier, but it certainly is going to be less strenuous on your body. And it's a more of achievable physique than getting to 300 pounds with well, shredded that, glutes. Well, I see somebody like Joffrey Vasso, you know, who he's that, like, I'm, I'm classic physique and I'm like, dude, you're open. You know, he's huge. A lot of these guys now, I yeah. mean, yeah. Anybody who thinks I talk to a lot of classic physique guys who want to do it. And it's like, I'm like, you just need to get young guys. I'm like, you need to get bigger. Like you need, you don't realize how big these guys are. These guys are like bodybuilders 15 years ago. Like you are a bodybuilder essentially just with better lines and you a smaller waist, but um, a lot of the training and the nutrition is going to be the same. 
you know, the sure supplements you, will be yeah. a little bit different. I'm sure you're getting asked this question, and I'm sorry we got to wrap this up here. Oh, but, no, yeah, whatever. Uh, but, but, it, but it's like, you know, this question is like, how long does it take to get to this thing? But it's like, how long is somebody who's going from like classic physique to open bodybuilding mm-hmm. taking to get to that size and then, you know, trim down and cut for a contest? Like if they were, a, so if you were off like a bodybuilder training and then you were going to get ready for a show, how long that would take? Yeah, like somebody who's, you know, had done classic mm-hmm. physiques already under their belt, you know, somebody like me, right? So if I, I, don't, I think it's a difficult question for me to answer because yeah. I'm 50. And so those, uh, the, the, the consequences of me getting to 300 pounds is terrifying <laughs> medically. If you're you know? right, sure. But uh, for somebody in their 20s or 30s, it might not be so difficult. Yeah, I think you need yeah. to look at like something a little abstract, like their like your training age first. Like how long have you been training? How many years do you have mm-hmm. under your belt? And then you're really going to be able to determine how long it's going to take to push it to that next level. If you're 25, 26, and you've done really well at classic physique, it may take you, you could be two years couple good off seasons and you could be ready to step on a, an open stage you could put i on do 20, love to eat you could put on 20 30 pounds of muscle with the right training and adding in different supplements and stuff so right, but who knows but you know what i mean yeah. you could take that same 26 year old and this is what i mean where and let's say they've already done everything as far as like supplement wise there's nowhere else to go so it's like i'm probably going to be like well you may have already pushed you, you've used all your ace cards. You may not have that much growth left, you know, or the growth you have left is going to take longer than a year or two. It's going to take five or six years. So you think it's better for some people to just hold off on using performance enhancing gear in the beginning? Minimal effective doses. Yeah. So always so be keeping pull that. Back. Pull back or take as you take. Take as little as you can to get the most out of out of it. You know, this is the opposite of more is more, though. More is more in the sense of um, more works, but it's yeah. not sustainable. So that's what we got to think about when we're talking about bodybuilding is what is sustainable because building a physique isn't something that is going to take two or three years and then you're going to stop and keep it. It's something you're going to have to take maybe two or three years to get to that level and then you're going to have to continue to do that for the rest of your life. And yeah, taking more and more, not sustainable. So what's sustainable? Finding a minimal effective dose that you can mm-hmm. grow off of and letting your training, nutrition, you know, your lifestyle do the work along with the the gear. But yeah, I mean, you could, you know, you're playing, you're playing a dangerous game. If you're going to be pushing it super hard all the time. Well, Matt, thank you so much for an intellect and your <laughs> experience. Thank you guys for having me. Actually, I, I, I always have a lot of fun when I come and talk to you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Love Seriously. having you come here. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. called Feast of Fun. Uh, you know, Let's Grow Big Together is a production of Feast of Fun. If you hate ads as much as I do, you can listen for just pennies a serving at a Feast of Fun on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Feast of Fun. And of course, uh, soon coming soon. Should we? I don't. Even, I don't want to say the name just yet, but we don't are developing it. a a bodybuilding performance art nudity focused OnlyFans just for fan. Yeah. Yeah, I tried. Yeah. Nobody can whistle. Yeah. Here. <laughs> there you go. Uh, where it's, it's where we will be eating um, custard only flans. <laughs> People are like I want to see you masturbating. I was like, this is art. This is performance art. And so, so we're going to be well, doing now private videos, paying tribute to some of the greatest moments in performance art history, you know, from Tim Miller to Marina Abravanovic, Holly Hughes and uh, Karen Finley. And, uh, you know, uh, and doing yeah. this 
but through a modern lens. And, then, <laughs> and people are like, what? You're really going to do this? I'm like, yep, it's happening. It's coming to you soon. And uh, there's going to be music to this and the like. Everything. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I, I mean, I want to, I guess I'll put it this way. It's part of the long-term project is making this shit into 3D videos. So bringing that experience right up into people's yeah. faces. Because part of it is like, you know, we live in a world right now where we've forgotten how to be wild and crazy and have fun. And I'm like, you know, with this technology that's coming down the pipe and, and uh, mixed reality, augmented reality, spatial computing, whatever you want to call it, these goggles that you put on your face and suddenly you're there. I'm like, let's give people like some of the experiences that I had that shaped me when I was young and bring it right front and center mm -hmm, to them, mm -hmm. you know? And, and a lot of that experience was had nudity as a, as a, as a main ingredient. And you can't do that on YouTube. You can't yeah. do that on Instagram or, or Facebook. So I guess I'm opening an only fans, you know? Yeah. One of my first videos is going to be just me standing there and playing the Kid. theme to mighty mouse. <laughs> and lip syncing it. You know? Can you watch um naked? Of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, what would be the point? Yeah. If you weren't. Um yeah. can you watch movies on this on that thing, the virtual the sapphire thing? Is that yeah, what, yeah, yeah, so you can just I'll, you can pop a movie on and you're like in the yeah, movie. Yeah, that's the thing. That's you're that's, sitting on the bench with Forrest Gump. Man, if you if you have a chocolates. moment, I don't usually like to plug tech companies, you know, but uh because they don't need the money uh and stuff. But go to go like go to an Apple store right now and try on an Apple Vision Pro. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, yeah. It'll blow your mind. Make sure your heart medication's up to date. I'll take my telemotsart to yeah. go in Because <laughs> it is like, you know, we watch we watch Star Trek and the idea of being transported to a different location instantly is interesting in theory. We watch it in movies, Marvel Universe, you know? Yeah. But to actually experiencing as a human being. It's a mind fuck. You're just like, oh, oh yeah, right, right, right. Oh, my God, right, right. oh, my God, I'm going to fall, you know? And you're like, oh, you have to remind yourself, I'm just sitting in a chair, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know? And so it's such Have a you trip. had people, like, fall over or, like, tr you know, any, like... Uh, you know, I, I can't talk about it oh, too much. So, yeah. <laughs> but I say uh, I, I, it's one of my favorite pastimes <laughs> is going to places where people are putting on these augmented yeah. reality goggles. And watching their reactions. They lose you know? their minds. Yeah, because yeah, it is really... Some people... You know, what's really interesting, too, is that some people are just like, whatever. They just don't even... cut Like, their 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 intellect is... Or their mind are so uh, fucked in some ways. Yeah, you know? fried. Fried, yeah. That there's just like nothing excites them. Yeah, but other sad. people, man, they're, they're screamers. <laughs> I know. I remember the ones that yeah. came out, like... This is yeah. probably like 10 years ago, almost. They were like... It's not... It was... Much more basic. Oh no! This this, this is. I getting, know this is going to be a whole other level. Yeah, I mean, yeah shit's getting real. Yeah, this is. This was not real, but it was still like interesting. This now, I'm sure, is like very realistic. Well, because you know, in the old days with the with the uh, goggles, with the with these virtual reality goggles, you're like, you know, you're playing a video game. Yes. You know? Like yes. even uh, have you played uh, character games and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, right. You can like the computer animation, you know, from Final Fantasy to what it is today is like some of the stuff is just so hyper realistic that you're just like, I cannot believe I'm watching a computer generated person. I watched a car crash that yeah. I thought was real the other day, and I rewatched it. And it was a fake video game. Yeah. Like I was like, oh my god, that looks so realistic. It's scary. I know. <laughs> and now you can put this on and and change the person you're having sex with. 
That so if your girlfriend is um, like, you don't like her having brown eyes, you want blue eyes or bigger titties or whatever, <laughs> you're going to be really tripping. Whatever you want. You're gonna be like, what are you wearing, honey? What, let me see what's in your glasses. <laughs> like Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> what? Magnum PI. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Magnum. I'm fine. Yeah. You can do your... What was the name of the, the uh, his butler? His car, uh, uh, forget. The butler like, oh, Magnum, the was trouble he, yeah. you got Was into. he the butler or was he the, the boss? Was it, he? it was his butler, yeah. Was he butler. Had, he, I don't know why Tom Selleck had money, his character. And, and was that that my, it was that porn stash. He did it all that porn. The porn <laughs> you know? Got that house in Hawaii. Yeah. The car, the stash, the shirts. I mean, you know? this guy was... And he could always have the friend who had a helicopter. <laughs> I mean, every porn star does. <laughs> I'm like, get to the chopper. <laughs> Remember, folks, you can follow us on uh, Instagram, Matt Clausen. Yep, on Instagram. Yeah. And we're and Mark Felian and me, Fausto Fernos. And if you want to give Matt some uh, love and uh, shout out, please do so. Share the show on social media and give us reviews. And if you give, tell us your thoughts on iTunes and other uh, podcast directories, let us know how much you love. Let's grow big together. And and sorry we've been a little scant on putting out shows, but we're going to be going regular now. So thanks for listening. And thanks, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody. Mr. Coach Clawson. Yeah. Feel free to reach out. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.